Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on power electronics technologies and products featured on powerelectronicsnews.com and through other Aspencore media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Today's episode is sponsored by Renaissance. Renaissance Electronics Corporation empowers a safer, smarter, and more sustainable future, where technology helps make our lives easier. Renaissance Electronics Corporation is a global leader in microcontrollers, analog, power, and SOC products. Renaissance provides comprehensive solutions for a broad range of automotive, industrial, home electronics, office automation, and information communication technology applications. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Power Up. Today's feature interview is with Tom Truman, Vice President of Industrial and Performance Power Solutions at Renaissance Electronics. Today, we will discuss about a very interesting topic, powering embedded systems in industrial applications. Hi, Tom. Welcome board. How are you? Hey, Maurizio. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Where are you located, Tom? I am in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I have a couple of topics among powering embedded systems in the industrial market. But before that, please introduce yourself. Give us a bit of your background. Sure. Yeah, well, like you mentioned, I joined Renaissance about a year ago to lead the industrial and performance power solutions. I've been focused in power management for about the last 20 years, primarily high-performance power solutions with Volterra, which is now Maxim, and then Fairchild, and on Semi, series of acquisitions there, and then most recently here at Renaissance. So talking about power delivering, so what trends you are seeing in the power deliver for embedded systems in industrial applications? Yeah, sure. Well, I think the first thing is to step back and say, what are the big trends in industrial systems in general that, that would drive power? Certainly, there's the power for the motors and the, and the equipment function itself. From an embedded perspective, intelligent intelligence, artificial intelligence, intelligence sensing, connectivity, basically the industrial internet of things is a big trend of putting computing, sensing, and connectivity into industrial equipment and of course, these things all need power. So in all of these, in terms of power, what challenges and opportunities would bring to accelerate industrial IoT product cycles? In particular, how will design resources help professionals develop innovative solutions and overcome uh, technical challenges, complex technical challenges, I mean, but also reducing time to market? That's a great question. It's a very rapidly evolving space, and there are a lot of entrants globally, U.S., China, Taiwan, many geographies. And the one of the key things is how do you get to market quickly in such a competitive space and manage your development cost? Many of the industrial applications are, they tend to be, say, compared to consumer product, lower volume. And so not only time to market, to, you know, to be first in the market to capture a new segment or new application. But you also need to think about the development cost and the return on that product. And so it's a very fragmented market. 
there's a, a lot of application specific differentiation in not only the equipment, but the embedded computing that goes into them. And so overall, the trends that we see is our customers are looking for ways to compress their design cycles, to simplify them and to move more quickly. So the, the shift that we see in their developments historically has been a lot of hardware development in particular, has been this process of researching, thinking of things at the component level, researching, gathering information, analyzing the information, and maybe moving to an evaluation stage, looking at multiple solutions, and then starting to narrow down. And that cycle may iterate several times. And the speed at which the market is moving and the, the competitive pressure really is shifting the customer focus to solutions and how do we put kits together quickly, embed the intelligence into the application, and then build on that, build intelligence, build the software systems that run on embedded computing rather than spending most of the focus on the hardware development. So those are some of the big trends we see in, the, in our customers. A hot topic in terms of power electronic is also wideband gap. And I know that Renesas is starting about silicon garbide. So just a comment about wideband gap, maybe silicon garbide in particular. Yeah, maybe some context on wideband gap. Renesas, if you go back five years, was primarily a, a microcontroller company. Almost three quarters of our revenue came from the embedded and the, and the digital side. Over the past five years, with the acquisitions of several companies, Intersil, IDT, and, and Dialog, we've quietly transformed into a very different company with a healthy mix of analog, power, and digital. And, and today, analog and power are about half of our, our total revenue. So really a big focus on power and quite a bit of investment there. The biggest market still by far in power is silicon. And so for the past several years, a lot of our investment focus from a process technology and you know, process package and so forth for power has been focused on silicon, both low voltage and mid voltage processes. For example, last year we announced an investment in a, in a new 300 millimeter line in our Kofu fab solely focused on silicon power devices. Silicon carbide is the next step. And recently we announced that will begin making our next generation silicon carbide in our Takasaki Japan factory in 2025. Today, that's only producing silicon. And while we're a bit in catch-up mode on this, we certainly weren't first to the silicon carbide party. We expect that our technology will be extremely competitive from a performance and efficiency and reliability standpoint. And our customers are very welcoming for Renaissance to enter this space. The global demand is still expected As we look out over the next five to seven years, global demand, particularly driven by automotive, is expected to exceed supply for the foreseeable future. So silicon carbide is, is really the next chapter in, in gallium nitride. I think from a adoption curve, it's, it's certainly of interest, but not really much I can talk about there publicly now, but it's certainly a space that's interesting for us. So talking about power management challenges, indeed, that we should mention the efficiency, power density, thermal management, packaging, and others. Also, digital interface that can enable a full configurable power solution. 
while the telemetry, for example, can help the system to understand operating conditions, fault conditions, and so on. So ACDC, DCDC power supplies, for example, so choosing some topologies that can offer, can improve efficiency. Talking about high power density designs that are essential in all industrial applications where form factor, weight uh, are important on user experience uh, with the goal to reduce external components, to reduce the bomb list. And talking about power density, we should mention, as I said earlier, thermal management is becoming increasingly more important, more difficult due to the small surface area to dissipate the heat. So how can we take care of all? How is Renaissance addressing uh, these needs for powering all parts of industrial applications? For sure, we would need the attitude of working well to develop more efficient products to contribute in terms of sustainability, less energy, less CO2 emission, and so on. Also, with the advent of data centers and other applications like data transmission rates in optical communication field. Yeah, it's a great question. I think of this really as two parts to the problem, the, the supply side, power supply side, and the power demand side. Maybe first starting with the demand side, thinking about the loads that we generate, there is certainly opportunity to innovate and invest to make our loads smarter and more energy efficient. Great example of that is the shift from brushed motors to brushless motors. It requires more silicon content, it's more expensive, but it reduces the power loss in the motor by roughly half, plus or minus a margin of error there. But attacking the consumption side is, is a key piece of the equation. The challenge we see in many spaces, you mentioned data center, is their performance-driven application. And as process geometry evolution slows, Moore's law slows, the way that we get more performance generally is by increasing power consumption and increasing the size of the silicon that we're throwing at the problem. So, so there's definitely a demand side that we need to think about and address from an algorithm process technology and uh, topology. On the power supply side, the focus really, as you mentioned, is on creating efficient, reliable, cost-effective power supplies. Here, if we look across the areas that Renaissance is investing in, and I, I think these are common across the industry, there's really five that I would identify. Process technology itself, we've talked about things like silicon carbide and, and gallium nitrate. The, the fundamental building block for a power solution starts with a great power device. And what are we trying to do? We're generally trying to push the, the highest possible current through the smallest piece of silicon at high temperature and keep it reliable and, and, and cool. Very challenging problem. And so to do that, we constantly innovate. There's a never ending cycle of uh, refinement and improvement on the, on the process technology to improve the figures of merit and to reduce the losses in the power device. So that's the first building block. The second is around packaging technology and specifically power packaging. One of the things, you know, coming in with a power background into Renaissance with a strong digital background, I think there's certainly been a learning curve that you know, off the shelf packaging technology may work for very low power applications. In fact, for a lot of embedded applications, it's, it's quite fine. But as we need to push the performance or the power delivery levels higher, the losses Parasitic losses in the power packaging is a fundamental piece of the equation. And so we've put a heavy investment 
in developing specific package technologies and in innovating in the way that we use package technologies to reduce losses in the, in the packaging. The third area is the passive components. Every power supply has passive components, inductors, capacitors, for example, transformers. And we don't typically, I mean, we're not manufacturing these ourselves, but we work very closely with the ecosystem, the major suppliers of these components to help them understand where the application needs are going and uh, work with them on refining and improving the performance of the passive components. A good example of that over the past probably 15 years in the data center space, energy efficiency has been a, a primary concern and inductors were really not where they needed to be in terms of uh, the DC resistance and the DC losses in the inductors. And so we, along with others, put a big focus on reducing that and, and it drove increasing for things like current sensing, we needed to shift them from sensing the resistance across the inductor to sensing it, to sensing current flowing through a MOSFET. A MOSFET, much harder problem from a silicon design, but reduces the overall losses in the power solution by improving the passive component and then improving the circuit design. IC design techniques is, is the fourth dimension. So how we use silicon to do things in an intelligent way and look for ways to save energy. The example I just mentioned is a, is a good example of using silicon in one area to reduce losses in another area. And so silicon design is the fourth. And then the fifth area is the topologies or the algorithms that we use. And those things usually go hand in hand. But the digital approach, we've invested very heavily in digital control for power management across our power portfolio and uh, are one of the top suppliers of digital power controllers to the industry. So all five of these were, were investing in, in different areas and in, in different product lines, but they're common themes for power delivery that we continue to innovate in each of the five dimensions. Great points, great points. So talking about collaboration partnership, which are your partnership in the embedded industrial ecosystem? So please tell, tell me some case studies. Yeah, that's a very uh, a broad question as I think about this. We have over 100 partners in a preferred partner program. It's, a, it's actually a formal program across the embedded IoT and automotive space. And, and the partnerships span hardware, software, design services, in some cases supply chain. And the, the intent really is to work and enable an ecosystem that enables our customers to leverage third-party software, software development tools and hardware development based on, on industry standard algorithms, some, some you know, control algorithms, for example, to enable them to get to market. So in general, that's a, it's a big investment area. Some specific cases, and we announced last year an investment in Arduino. We, we've done a big, uh, a big partnership with them on some of their products with our microcontrollers and their uh, designs for their customers for embedded IoT. And we've seen quite a bit of traction in the industry working closely with them and other partners to enable our in-customer, mutual in-customers to move more quickly. So talking about industrial applications, so motor control uh, is, uh, could be an important point from the simplest to the most advanced implementation each motor control application has. The goal is a specific combination of requirements performance, reliability, efficiency, and so on. So 
considering by considering the main motors implemented in the industrial field, what challenges do designers have to consider when choosing their solutions? Maybe please mention some case studies or reference design. Yeah, um, as I talked about before, I mean, time to market is the key. And so our customers, the, the trade-offs that they faced, in some cases are, are technical, but generally it's a, it's a trade-off between features and time to market, or often we're, we're running into that, and development costs. Those, those three play together. And so what we're trying to do is lower the barrier and, and compress the tight time to market decisions by creating kits and pre-tested application solutions around some of the most common applications we run into or that our customers are, are designing for. And typically what we end up doing is working with a lead customer, maybe somebody that's early in the field and, and helps us to see an emerging trend or a new application that looks to have promise. And so we'll work very closely with this lead customer, you know, do a reference design or a, you know, a kit with them, enable a very fast uh, prototype and end up developing a full turnkey reference design with documentation and design collateral. And then we release it to the broad market as a supported Renaissance pre-tested solution. So we've seen that approach work quite well. And maybe a couple of cases to, to highlight, specifically in the, in the motor control area. One is a customer that was developing an industrial IO coupler who was looking for a compact form factor AC yep. servo solution that they could control with EtherCAT. And they wanted to do this using an industry standard control protocol is what's called CIA 402. We work with them to create a full reference design, both of Renaissance components and, and non-Renaissance components for their application. We provide it to them and help them to shorten their design cycle, their design investment and lower their development cost. And so we've subsequently released that solution for this AC servo EtherCAT controlled AC servo solution as one of our, our reference designs on our, on our website. So we can put the link to that in the, in, into the notes. A second case is where we've worked with a robotics customer who's looking for a very simple, low-cost motor control platform that they could quickly integrate into their product. And they had some algorithms and software that they really wanted to focus their energy on, the control of the robot, not so much the precise control of, of the motor. It was the things the robot does, not necessarily how it gets there. And so we work with them to design a proof of concept for a low cost, what's called 180 degree sensorless field oriented control solution using, in this case, it was a full Renaissance bill of materials. We had, we had all the components, including the, the power management for the microcontroller, the motor drivers and position sensing circuits. And this enabled, again, the customer to focus on what they do best and minimize the investment in developing this subsystem. And we've subsequently released that as a, as a turnkey reference design as well. So those are a couple of examples and we continue to develop and release these based on the work that we do with our customers. So Tom, in, in conclusion, my last question, what's next from Renesas? What do you expect in the long term for, for the long next future related to power embedded systems in industrial application, maybe next project from Renesas? Yeah, great question. Certainly we'll continue to invest in those five areas to continue to, to innovate in the power delivery space. From a customer engagement and market focus, some things that I'd highlight really is focusing on a solution, solution-focused portfolio expansion. So 
as I mentioned, we've grown our presence in the power management area. We intend to continue in that. And so we're focusing our the power products around the solutions that we can, and subsystems that we can create, building on our MCUs, building on our connectivity pieces, the sensing pieces that we offer, so that again, we can come and develop these complete kits that we can provide to customers. So the solution focus rather than just kind of a, a shotgun approach into the market is, is really driving our thinking. The second one is looking at the industrial market in specifically is there's many, many, many thousands of small customers. And so when we design and we we think about their design cycle, as I mentioned, cost of design, complexity of design, and time to market are key considerations. And so in addition to the combo, what we call winning combos and, and reference design, from a product delivery perspective, we develop not only integrated circuits, but increasingly expanding our portfolio of off-the-shelf power modules. You know, those are very small form factor, high efficiency, high density, pre-tested power supply modules that they're more expensive than designing, you know, just down on the board, but they're ready to go and they enable our customers to move really quickly. And for, for low volume or small customers who don't have a large power team, these are these are very attractive and compelling solutions. So power supply modules is the second area. And then the other two that we've we've talked about is in the the reference designs and expanding our partnerships. Those are the two areas we will also invest in. Power delivery space, power management space is is a big area. Thank you, Tom. Thanks a lot for joining us at Power Up. Thank you, Mauricio. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you, Renaissance, for sponsoring this episode of Power Up. Be sure to share our podcast with your colleagues and friends. You can also sign up to be on our email list to receive updates as well as the opportunity to provide input on future topics. Go to eetimes.com slash podcast to sign up. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this on the podcast page at eetimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown on this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspen Core Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio.